You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 16, all about media and tech on a budget. Get the gaff tape. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you lead with confidence and clarity. These are practical solutions for your ministry that you probably didn't learn in seminary. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, before he wanders off again. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. I called in a favor for a friend of mine, and this is actually his first podcast. Today, we have Brandon Rowe on the show, and Brandon comes from FBC Porter, and that's around Houston, and he's he's a tech guy, a media guy, and he's going to help us understand a little bit of what it's like to run a, a media and tech department at a church that might be on the smaller side, like, say, 500 to 750 range. Uh, that's still pretty big, but you know, below that, the budget gets tight. How do you do things on a shoestring budget? And he's got some really creative hacks for us, and I can't wait for you to hear those. So tune in if you want to get those show notes for some of the links that we'll we'll mention, and uh, just a quick summary of what's in this show. Go to SethMuse.com/episode16. Uh, that is SethMuse.com/slash, and then you spell out the word episode. And then the number 16. So episode 16 can get you there. Uh, and I'd love for you to download some of that stuff and go to the, some of the Facebook groups that we mentioned that help understand how to do some of this on a tighter budget. So let's get to the good stuff. I've got Brandon here and we're going to jump in and talk about media and tech on a budget. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, and today we have on the on the podcast my friend Brandon Rowe. Brandon, welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Hey Seth, how's it going? Good, good man. I I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I've kind of followed. We've we've been following each other a little bit on on social media, and um, I kind of know a little bit about where you're at. You're in Texas, just like me, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because Texas is awesome. Texas uh, is awesome. Tell, tell us where you serve, like your church, where you live, and a little bit about your ministry. So I currently work at uh, First Baptist Porter in Porter, Texas, as the uh, technical director, which you know entails a lot of different things as it does in church ministry. Um, so just you know, mainly over all the tech, ABL, audio, video, lighting stuff, and um, a lot of communication stuff from the website to um, email blasts and all that kind of stuff. That's um, trying to get this church into the uh, 21st century ah. um, <laughs> as I uh, try to shepherd them along for that. So <laughs> How's that going, by the way? Uh, it's getting better. Um, definitely a lot more interaction on our Facebook page than there has ever been. Like, literally, um, I've one hit, it was paid advertisement. I got up to 12,000 hits uh, or 12,000 reach oh, wow, on that's good. Um, a video that we made for one of our services. So that was a really cool um, actually, no. I, I, never mind. That's actually organic hits. Organic from people hits. Sharing. Yeah, that was organic hits. That's not bad. No. What was not, the content? That you, what was the content it you shared? It was uh, a video uh, interview of one of our ladies in our church. Actually, one of our staff wives um, talking about her personal. Um, she was talking about um, her experience about losing a child, um, and uh, how they kind of went through that situation. Um, you know, and it just touched a lot of people, um, you know, cause it's such a deep topic, 
Um, and for her to share that um, publicly was just like, you know, it just touched everybody's heart. And, you know, especially for people that actually went through that same situation, you know, that it just, you know. Yeah, man, so. I, dude, I, I'm, I just started a church too, doing social. And man, I, mm-hmm. I've seen the same thing. You said video, you said story, and it involves a person who's just a regular person in your church. Yep. Dude, I've seen such big numbers on that kind of stuff versus all the other things I'm posting. Yeah, it's a lot more relation relational in that way in the sense that, you know, you see like, oh, there's real people there that are going through real situations. You know, it's real life. It, and, you know, and it's just the way, you know, for someone to do that is just so bold, you know, and that's like yeah. for some people that's like comforting to see that. Oh, yeah, there's other people going through the same stuff like me. So. Right. So you wear a lot of hats at the church. Uh production, mm-hmm. technical, um, and then social media and writing emails mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. So what kind of, what, tell us about your church. What size are we looking at? I mean, what is, what's the age demographic kind of like? Um, it's definitely a lot. Well, actually, no, it's changing. It used to be a lot older congregation, a lot, um, we're our first Baptist church. So if you think in that mindset, definitely a lot older mindset, but a lot, um, more recently, uh, there's been a lot of younger people coming in. Um, we're in just north of Houston area, um, and there's a lot of um, gas and oil companies actually building, even though mm. some people say it's declining, but they're building out um, north of Houston, and that's bringing in a lot of guests and visitors uh, to the area, um, which is awesome, you know, a lot more people to reach out to. Um, and uh, we run about um, 500 on a, on a Sunday morning. Um and we also have we have Sunday morning and Sunday evening services, um, as well as uh, some activities on Wednesday nights. So okay, yeah, I'm very familiar with that setup. I grew up Southern mm-hmm. Baptist myself, so gotcha. you're, you're speaking my <laughs> language, man. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It seems like like the first Baptist church anywhere is around 500 people. That's yeah. kind of the magic number for a first Baptist fill in the blank. Is yep, that, you, exactly. Have you seen that too? Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. Kind of tends to be like other Baptist churches can vary, but like if you're a first Baptist church, unless you're in the middle of a metro area, you're mm-hmm. going to be about 500 people. It seems yeah. five to seven somewhere in there. So cool. Well, we're, what I want to talk with you about today mm-hmm. is, you know, that size is important because of of what we've got here on the schedule. We're talking mm-hmm. about budgeting in the, in the church world for, um, a not, not a huge church, like 500 is still a big church, but yeah. you know, in the Metro areas, you've got these mega churches, they have all these huge budgets. And then, and then a lot of smaller churches with nothing. And yep. so that 500 mark is kind of the in between. And I've been there, man. I've, it's, it's very awkward. Yes, it's very. like being a perpetual 13 year old, you know, mm-hmm. as far as a you know, awkward stage of life, because you have the resources, but not all the equipment. So tell me, what is the biggest struggle you think, like with a church your size and budget for tech? Well, you know, I will say at this church, um, it's actually doing pretty well. But I've worked in other churches like before this that are having that had this um, small budget issue. And I also forgot to mention, I I do some work for the uh, Southern Baptist Texas Convention to where I go help them out. Uh, tech wise. So I got to go out and help these even smaller churches than ours um, with their tech problems and just seeing what they have to deal with, um, you know, cutting strings everywhere. Um, and, you know, it, it, it is very, very tough, um, you know, dealing with situations like with that. And, you know, my opinion is that if you don't really invest into it, you know, 
it can kind of hinder you in this 21st century. Yeah. How, how do you feel that it can hinder you? What are some examples of that? Uh, I mean, to where, you know, it's like with anything, like if you fall behind any kind of technological thing or any kind of um, thing, you kind of basically just kind of drop off from the earth, you know, and it's like people don't see you, you know, you don't get recognized, you don't get enough, you know, um, recognition in the community as you used to. You just kind of become that old building that's in the area, you know. Yeah, like uh-huh. uh, like they kind of go this this church because for me when I walk into a church and mm-hmm. I, I step into the sanctuary for instance, mm-hmm. and I start looking around, I can I can look at the the architecture, I can look at what's on the stage, I can see where are the speakers placed, and I can tell a lot about the values of that church mm-hmm. uh, because you see what they've invested in, you see yeah. how it's set up, and if the equipment's older. And it's like out of date, you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm kind of a snob like that. I go, okay, well, mm-hmm. this church doesn't really care about people like me then. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is totally irrational. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a totally irrational thing, honestly, yep. but at the same time, it's the, it's the jump that people make. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and I'm, I'm the same way too. When I walk into a church and I just see that, oh, I mean, they got like older speakers and all this older technology, like I... Like my friend showed me a picture of another church uh, uh, of their Christmas program, and I noticed on their screen, and I can just tell that they're running this older worship software called uh, Easy Worship. Yep. It's just the way it looks. I can just tell, and I was literally in my mind just saying, ew. <laughs> like, yeah, and like, you know what's crazy is there's a way to do that kind of stuff and still look fresh, but when, mm-hmm. when there's not been a lot of education or learning or like seeing these new things yes, to go, exactly. okay, I've seen what this church is doing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fresh looking. I want to apply that, like even if I have to use easy worship or PowerPoint, you know, yeah, God, exactly. for, God forbid, yeah. uh, you know, so <laughs> that we use uh, PowerPoint. PowerPoint is the worst. <laughs> at least I know not to use Impact Font or Papyrus or something like yes, that. You know, exactly. it's like those kinds of things you pick up. Or Comic Sans. Yeah. Comic Sans, yes. <laughs> Anything like that. You oh know. man, uh, you, talk you for just days. gotta, you know, just churches gotta stay fresh on, you know, the newest technology. Maybe not like cutting edge stuff, but, you know, looking at, um, you know, at least staying current and not out of date. Uh, and, the, you know, with out of date technology, another thing that can hinder you is that, I mean, it just doesn't work and it just works badly. Mm-hmm. And that can ultimately um, end up, you know, disrupting people's worship and the worship service. Right. Becoming, and, and that's something I care about deeply, you know. It becomes a distraction to yeah. what you're trying to do. Exactly. Exactly. And you have a sound system that'll squeal all the time. And you have people that don't know how to fix those problems. So they just continue every week. And, you know, for some people like me and you, um, it just, it really bothers us and it just takes us out of the moment and, um, you yeah. know, we don't get like a deep connection as, as we're worshiping. Yeah. And on, on that, I mean, I don't know about you, you probably have said this before too, but for me, it bothers me because I see myself in, in the tech role or in a, in some kind of behind the scenes role like that. I see myself and the people that do that just as much of a, as a worship leader as the guy mm-hmm. who's playing guitar on stage or whatever, yeah, because exactly. you're providing the same, you're contributing to that same environment, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I always try to encourage that. And thankfully, the last two churches I've worked in, you know, they they see that concept that, you know, the worship team and the tech team are the same team and they work together to ultimately get to the same goal of helping the congregation um, with their worship 
and worshiping together as a church. Yeah, I think you can definitely tell when that's not the case, too. Oh, yeah, it's, um, very, it's very prominent when it's not the case. Well, tell me about when you go to these other churches and you, you see in these struggles, what's some of the first thing? We're talking about budget and things like that, too. You know, what, what are some of the things that you do to kind of help them get on track? I try to, one of the, yeah, one of the first things that I try to do is um, I try to figure out what they need at minimum. Um, cause sometimes they <laughs> want to do these like big things. Um, and then they tell me their numbers of what they have and what they can get or what their budget is for this project. And it's just like, I- I'm sorry, but you-, you can't get up to that type of quality. Um, what are you, what is your minimum for doing, uh, this project or, and that's what I, I mean, I'll go out and research for them about, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. I think a lot of churches get in the in the weeds with there because I think when budget season comes around, mm-hmm. it's like I know there are teams that think about that, but mm-hmm. part of the disconnect is communicating the value of that to other leadership. Sometimes, have you found that to be the case? Yeah, that that, that does happen. You know, they just kind of the tech team themselves um, will just kind of have these ideas. And then they don't communicate it to the leadership. So the leadership has no idea, one, what they're thinking, and two, they don't see the passion that they have for this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have those ideas, and then they just complain to the leadership. They don't try to convince them or anything. They just say, hey, how come we don't have this? Why can't we get this? You know, everybody else has it, Yeah. you know, type of thing. And that, you know, that'll also cause conflict in the church, which is never good. Yeah. And that, that right there, that reason you just gave, that's the one I hear. I think that we all default to that. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I don't know if we've thought through it well enough ourselves. You know, there's sometimes we just go, that Mm -hmm. church over there has this really cool light show. And I think we should do that. Why? Because it's cool. Because it would bring people in. Sure. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, nowadays more and le- more and more people are kind of less impressed with the show, you know, and I think that's I think that's healthy, but they're less and less impressed with like all the, the stuff and mm-hmm. they're and they're more impressed with your ability to create an environment where they can kind of forget all that's there. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that you know, takes money, too. Yeah, it does. And um, just kind of like with the millennials as a big buzzword nowadays, yeah. um, which you are. Yep. I am one of them. <laughs> And, you know, I'm not one of the ones, but most millennials nowadays are, like you said, not looking for the show. They're looking for deeper worship um, in the sense, you know, they just going back to like, uh, I know I'm going to say this word wrong, liturgy. No, that's right. Okay. Uh, you know, back I to should the I should have totally just told liturgy. you. No, it's yeah. li- liturgy. Then had you liturgy. say it that way the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, liturgy. <laughs> but I'm not a jerk like that. Sorry. <laughs> no, you think it. No, man, it's uh, liturgy. liturgy. Liturgy is the right okay. way to say it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, I, missed see, opportunity. This, this podcast is perfect for me because I never went to seminary, <laughs> so it's just like it's like awesome. Anyways, um, so you know they're looking for uh, well, millennials are looking for uh, more liturgy, um, like back in the day where it's just singing and worship. Um, like I loved um, when uh, All Sons and Daughters um, came out to our area. Their show was just awesome. And well, <laughs> actually, let me correct that. They had a bunch of audio problems, and that really disturbed me. But yeah. I love the concept they were trying to go for. Um, in the sense, it was just straight 
stories and music. And it was the best thing ever. It, minus the sound issues right. that really bothered me. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but that, that concept is really, really cool nowadays. That's yeah. the new cool is just songs and worships and stories and relational uh, content. Yeah, it's that buzzword of authenticity. Yes, and, uh, and, authenticity and liturgy, uh, transparency, um, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So right, and, and I think that's valuable. I think that's valuable to talk about the the authenticity of it, and because when we when we create, we we, we spend this money to get this equipment or mm-hmm. to put these lights on the stage a certain way. I mean, there is a technical side that you have to care about and you have to be a little bit non, I don't want to say non-spiritual about it, but mm. you know, it sounds that way when you're talking yeah. about it, you're very technical and you're addressing these issues, but it comes from a very spiritual place mm. and, and, or it should. And when it does, that's when it works out really well on the stage. I, I think that's when we create the best environments. Yeah. Um, so you've got a, a team at FBC Porter um, mm-hmm. what are some of the hacks for getting around budgetary issues for a church of maybe medium to small size when, when you're helping them get their stuff together? Well, a lot of my hacks, um, like here at this church, I'm just thankful for a lot of people who are really good at saving money. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it would come from, you know, thinking of different materials that can be used for different things. Um, you know, I love going to, you know, like a Home Depot or Lowe's and just looking at all the little hooks and stuff that can be used, um, you know, for different sets and stuff like that. Um, or, you know, just asking people in like, the, the, I ask older generational people um, in the sense that they know, one, how to build things. Yeah. I'm thankful for people in my church that know how to build things. And they have that experience to know like, oh, no, you could do this way cheaper. And that's my my hack is just going to people that have built things in the past and have had experience with that um, to know, hey, you can do this a lot cheaper, you know. So hack number one is seeking wise counsel. Yep, exactly. That's a good hack. (laughs) That's good almost anywhere in the church. Well, I'll just say everywhere in the church, that's good. But in tech team, it's very good. Mm -hmm. What's something Um, else you guys do? Let's see. Another thing that we kind of do, um, you know, we just like, again, I bring up that question. What can what's the most minimal thing that we can do, but it's still kind of be compelling and um, grabbing your attention to this story um, or experience that we're trying to do on a Sunday? Um, you know, like. Yeah, I'll just go with that. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's a good thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so hack number two is what? It's that you you it's, just try to find like, ways to save money. How how minimal can we? Oh, how be? minimal? How minimal you can do it? That's yes. right. Okay, cool. Well, you know, I think that a lot of churches are looking for those opportunities to save money, and they're and they're trying to do it cheaper, and mm-hmm. and I think sometimes that is in itself a negative because sometimes the cheaper option is not the best option, but there's ways to get around. Like I remember uh, working on a sound, we had sound issues in our sanctuary and Mm -hmm. tons of slapback. I mean like a good full four seconds of slapback 
happening. Yep. I mean, yep. that's bad. So uh, these hard, flat walls were in there, and there was no sound dampening in the room at all. It's just one big box. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, we need some kind of treatment on the walls. Well, we talked about that for years, years mm-hmm. and years, and it was always too expensive, too expensive. So mm-hmm. I started to do a little research and found that, hey, I could build some things that we need for a quarter mm-hmm. of the price that it would cost to have it coming in and professionally, be professionally done. Now, it wouldn't look professional. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, cause I'm going to yeah. use, I'm going to use plywood and wrapping. And I mean, I could, I found some, I'm a Pinterest guy. I like Pinterest. I, yeah. I, I mean, you can find things to help you do it really well. And I would employ those older guys, help me figure out how to do this, but it could be done. And we never ended up doing it. And so it's still really hard in that room, a lot mm-hmm. of slap back in that room. And it's so frustrating because you can't turn the band up to a decent level. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, that's kind of, I'm actually going to the, kind of same situation in here where next year I'm thinking about doing that same thing, uh, putting some sound dampening on our walls. Um, you know, I'm looking into options for that. Uh, well I said, I'm, I'm going to look for options to do that. Cause yeah. basically if you stand in the middle of our room and you clap your hands, it, it, <laughs> it just goes for the longest time. Yeah. Four seconds of slap uh, back. Yeah, pretty much. But, Oh, it's a punk band name. <laughs> yeah. Punk band name right there. Four seconds of slap back. Mm. <laughs> Instant band names. Instant like, band names. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, you know, like you were saying, Pinterest. Pinterest is a great place to look for ideas for stuff like that. Or, as you know, like our church, um, there's church tech Facebook groups. Facebook groups are like a lifeline for me. Yeah. Um, you can literally just throw out a question and you get answers back. Sometimes they're jokes and it's been a lot worse lately. But... Um, <laughs> You know, but there's definitely a lot of nuggets of information because you're pulling information for pretty much almost all technical like leaders in churches, um, yes. which is amazing. Um, yeah. And there's the there's so many different groups out there. You've got the Church Sound Media Techs uh, Facebook group, uh, Visual Church Media, um, C- Creative Church, which is CRTV church mm-hmm. um and uh also i mean while i'm on their uh, church communications uh facebook group you yeah. know they help with you know cheaper printing and stuff like that so yeah like a lot of those are really useful to you know finding ideas again how you can do it cheaper you can ask that question like hey i'm looking to do something like this what have you guys done in the past to kind of you know do it cheaper than, um, uh, oh, I can't think of the word now. Anyways, yeah. how can I do this cheaper? And yeah. they'll answer, they'll come back with answers that you can actually use. Yeah. And that's been a wealth of information for me as well. That's been a big part of my education. And I'd say, uh, so let's just say that's hack number three, you know, use the, the, uh, the available resources that are out there to learn or to yeah. find things out. Like, online pinterest facebook groups there's mm-hmm. youtube i mean i'm so i'm so shocked how many people don't realize the power of google and youtube oh yeah just to do things to learn how to do stuff oh yeah and i do that all the time especially you know learning like this past week i was like locked in my sanctuary learning this brand new lighting software um it's just you know the tutorials on there uh were just great because it laid out everything and it was actually by this guy who's like did lights for churches so it was super simplistic how he explained it and you know i learned 
I learned as I went programming for this show that we had uh, this past Sunday. So, yeah, that's really cool. And I think that if people realize just how easy it is to get not only education or information, but quality information online, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just kind of have to know how to search for it. I mean, it's a, it's like yeah. a blog post all in itself on teaching people how to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you can search I, for things, but it's just like, you got to know how to sift through yeah. all the information that's yeah. out on the web there. Exactly. You learn how to, how to look past, okay, that video is garbage. I don't want to watch that. Yep. This one's good, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. So well, let's let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. I mean, you're okay. you obviously are training and, and recruiting volunteers mm-hmm. for your tech team. Um, is there any kind of special process besides just walking up and asking people or having them come to you that you use? Um, right now, I, well, me personally, I don't. I'm not the best at that. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm getting better at it, and I'm thankful for this church that uh, helped me grow in that. Um, through my boss, who's the worship pastor, he's really good at that. Um, and you know, I just always go to our staff and it's like, Hey, you know, I'm looking for people, um, to fill some positions. Who do you know who has these skills? Um, and that, that's always like really cool to know, like, since they go out a lot more than I do, like to the congregation, cause you know, being a tech guy, I'm usually locked in the back yeah. room. Yeah. Um, they know like these people that have these skills, um, that can be somewhat related to, you know, the positions that I'm looking for. And so I usually go to our staff um, and say, hey, who has these skills or even close to these skills? Um, or I even ask, hey, who's looking for something to do? Because um, I've had people on uh, in positions that have, like, no technical skills at all, and I've taught them um, how to run a camera. Um, yeah. Because we have super simple cameras here. So, you know, just, you know, looking for people – that are looking for something to do within the church. You know, they're wanting to serve. Um, And then I also do the same for um, existing volunteers on our team because they're also within, you know, they have a little bit broader reach um, and uh, to where, you know, they're in the Bible studies, they're in the congregation, um, you know, they're like deeper connections with people um, than, you know, the staff would be. Right. And, you know, ask the same questions. Hey, do you know with anybody with technical skills or do you know anybody that's looking for something to do within the church that hasn't found a place yet? Um, and that's always important. Um, and then, you know, I, I talk to people every now and then. And then if I find out they have skills like that and then, you know, I talk to them and try to get to know them. Um, and then I give them, you know, my email and phone number to say like, hey, um, you know, uh, we're looking for positions. If you're interested, you know, uh, give me a call. Or um, if they say, hey, right there, then and there, you know, I just, it's like, hey, we're looking for this position. Say, yeah, I'd be interested. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, so, right. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, like, uh, to answer your training question, right now we don't exactly have training. Um, I'm working on putting together, like, monthly training times for different positions. Um, because right now there's never been really a training at all. It's kind of more like, Hey, we need this position filled <laughs> and they kind of just put them on the camera just give them like a basic, um, you know, throw them on the position. Hey, this is how the camera works and go. Yeah. So they learn um, it fast though. <laughs> yeah. They've learned it very, very fast. <laughs> so, um, you know, and there's been a lot of that lately and just me kind of being new to the church. I just kind of continued that and I, 
really dislike it and I know it's bad. Um, you know, in the future, I'm wanting to do, like I said, monthly trainings for different positions, um, cross training so people can fill other positions if somebody doesn't show up. Um, and, um, that's, that's my future plans. Um, that's great. Yeah. We have that same issue. I mean, we just started having, I mean, we're a church of like 2,500. We're gotcha. And we got like a spaceship to run every Sunday, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like we're, we've done some training in the past and we're trying to get where we're a regular and having cross training and things like that. So, uh, that was actually my first time at the church. Uh, well, not first time, but I was backstage and observing and that was kind of my training is just watch how we do it. Gotcha. And then here, do it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, you learn fast that way. I have learned a lot in the, in the last two weeks, just wow. on that, just doing it that way. That's cool. Well, um, yeah. I think, I think we're all striving for a little better systems. I mean, we're always trying to grow. We're always trying to do better in, in training. Mm -hmm. Cause that's such an important part of what we do. Cause it is that ministry. It's discipleship. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. exactly the same thing. Only we're tra we're training, you know, people to lead worship and create environments, you know, that the Holy Spirit can move freely and not be hindered by these distractions. And I think that's, that's really, really valuable stuff. So, um, I want to, I want to go into another little area that you're a part of. You do communication stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And having followed you on social media a little bit, I don't, I haven't really followed your church, but I followed you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I know about you is mm -hmm. you have always got a really great meme in your pocket. So you share some stuff that I, I don't know if it's just we're on the same wavelength or like the same stuff, but I laugh so much when you post things. And so, so, so if you don't, if you want a good laugh, go follow Brandon. Uh, yes. it's, it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, but I, I just want to, where do the memes come from, man? What's, what is, what is that about? Is that just stuff you like, or you got some kind of strategy there? Oh, uh, you know, I just, you know, I always have my phone out and just scrolling through just, I guess these pages that I've liked, I just, I like a lot of pages, like specifically for memes. So it's just like they just pop up in my timeline and I share them. Um, and a lot of my friends are just as humorous as me and I share theirs. And it's just like we all have a good laugh. And, oh, man, it's just it's it's the best. You know, it gives me humor throughout the day to keep keep me sane, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny. We we always in the communications world, we, we kind of act like we're above that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm not sharing a meme, you know, this yeah. is a cat meme or whatever. Yeah. That's what the internet is now. That's what I mean, it is nowadays. It's so fun now. Mm -hmm. If you really want it to be, it could also be a terrible place. But I, I yeah. really enjoy that. I mean, I get the, these great Star Wars and Doctor Who memes and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and all these animal memes and stuff. And sometimes, a lot of times it comes from you. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that's great, too. I'm going to share that as well. Yeah. So, memes uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something to that. I mean, like as a church, thinking about as a church. You know, I don't know a lot of churches that really skew on the humorous side mm -hmm. or the light and funny side. I mean, we share scripture graphics and quotes and beautiful mm -hmm. tapestries and pictures and sermon yep. graphics and all this stuff. And, and it's like, can you can you show me a, a turtle doing something funny? I mean, <laughs> like, has anybody got anything like that? I kind of want to see that. For me, if yeah. a church did that, I would be like, you know what? I got to go to that place. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I've thought about that and thought about that. And, and I always go back to, you know, it's always important in anything that you do that represents the church. It's always about the culture yeah, um, and the voice that that church has. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I believe in. And, you know, I do 
I have, I don't have plans yet, but I've thought about, you know, kind of changing the voice of our church. And like I said, and earlier, it's just like trying to shepherd them into the 21st century, um, especially communications wise. Um, and you know, and yeah, you know, doing memes and stuff like that, or some kind of humor, uh, of like something like the staff is doing, you know, showing what we're doing in different ministries and stuff like that, or, you know, having fun during rehearsals and stuff like that. Yes. Um, and those are the best. Um, like I've, <laughs> I've seen some churches do that, you know, and it's really cool. Um, again, like with content that's relatable and saying, Hey, they're not just traditional people. You know, these are like real people that have like real humor and, um, they have a sense of humor, you know, like I can relate with these people yeah. and that's like the best thing for a church to do, um, or any, you know, business or Facebook page, um, to do that is to be relational yeah, that's, with people. That's content marketing. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, it's marketing to people by giving them stuff. That's not really your stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? That's, that's really the easiest way to do it. And it's like, I'm developing a rapport because how many times do you get together with your friends and you talk about movies you like and music you like and quotes and have a good time, you know, quoting some funny movie you all, you all like or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like doing that mm-hmm. on the internet. Yeah, and and exactly. it's like, but it's not okay for the church to do that. I think we just take ourselves so serious. Yeah. You know, and especially, you know, with being Baptist and Southern Baptist, we're very, Oh, uptight, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah, I was going to go are. British. I was going to go pip, pip. <laughs> I don't know why I was going that way. Pip, pip but, and all that know, so- yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just, just very, uh, uh, I won't say that word, but you know, uh, just very prominent and uptight. That, that's the word I was going for. I don't know yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. But you know what I'm going for there. I do. Um, and, and, you know, it's like we have a very serious job. I mean, we're sharing yes. the gospel. That's very serious. And that's kind yes. of, for me, why I think we should try to have fun. Yes. Because that is what relates really well. Mm-hmm. And if I want to get a platform to speak, I'm not trying to be manipulative, but like the humor of, of just a person is what yes. can make me want to listen to that person. Mm-hmm. And exactly. they, about the serious stuff, you know, it's just, it's, it's not, it's like one of those irrational connections that we make because we're relational creatures, you know, that can't help it. So yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's great. Uh, I really love what you put out and it's, it's, okay. it always entertains me. You know, that's one of my values too. I want people to have fun when they follow me. So I try to share stuff too. And, and a lot of times I'm like, well, I just watch what Brandon puts out and I'll just share yeah. that, you know, that's good for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also like what you did for your, uh, uh, email list and, uh, I voted for you to dance. Oh, good. So, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was awesome. So, <laughs> I, uh, I turned out better than I thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out a little better. I was a little more happy with that than I expected to be, uh, awesome. for context. Uh, I hit a hundred subscribers on my email list. And so I let everybody vote on what, what I would do to celebrate and I'd video it and send it to them. And so they all got 30 seconds of me dancing poorly. Uh, it's pretty great. Awesome. <laughs> I put it online too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just at a stage in life. I think where I have just have no shame. Gotcha. <laughs> I just don't care. Uh, like, Hey, you want to see an overweight dude, bust a move. That's your problem. <laughs> well, speaking of having good times and laughs, uh, I have a fun, uh, section of the podcast. I like to do with my guests, uh, called five on the spot for five random right. questions that you haven't seen or heard yet. that have nothing to do with really anything. Uh, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Okay. Awesome. First question. Number number one, what are your top three favorite comedies? Oh man. Uh, I'm not, okay. I'm, I'm not ready. 
<laughs> I lied. Pass. Oh, let's see. Um, let's see. Comedies. Let's Comedies. See. Tim. Yeah, TV or I'll movies. Tim Hawkins. Uh, Friends. Um, man, I don't know that many other comedies off the top of my head and memes no. memes okay good. <laughs> good answer that's a perfect answer for you all right question two between a shark and a killer whale who wins <laughs> um uh let's go uh killer whale killer whale it's got killer in the name right it, exactly they're stone cold killers all right question three uh which cartoon character have others associated you with the most I won't say cartoon character, but definitely, uh, uh, oh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Because uh, <laughs> okay. I used, I used really? to do this weird noise that the weird noise that he does is go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that I used is to do such, that a lot. That's a Texas thing, I think. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, when we go, go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's that. Eat your food, you know? It's, it's like Hank Hill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bobby. Oh. oh, man. That's so good. Okay, question four. Where can one get the best tacos in Texas? Uh, best ones I've had so far is uh, Velvet Tacos. Oh, Velvet um, Tacos. Where's that? It's d- um, downtown Houston. Well, is that downtown? It's around Houston somewhere. <laughs> I think um, everything in Houston's around Houston somewhere. Yeah, pretty much. It's hard to <laughs> get around that what place. Part of town it is. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I know they have multiple locations. Actually, I think there's one in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Velvet, ta- you um, know, it sounds familiar. I haven't had it. Yeah, up here we have we have torchies up here. Do you have torchies? Oh yes, we do. Oh man, yeah. I love torchies. It's just like theirs, but theirs is like unique and. They're kind of like really big tacos, Ooh. and they're delicious. Rotisserie yeah. chicken. I suggest that. Rotisserie chicken taco. I think it's number two. <laughs> you have the mem- the menu yes. memorized? <laughs> yes. Well, see, I used to do favors, so like I used to know it all the time. So Wow. That's good. When <laughs> I get down to Houston, I definitely have to go there. Yes. Uh, number five. Here's the last one. Since this podcast is is going to air after this weekend, mm-hmm. what did you think of Rogue One? Ooh, man, I'm so excited. Me and my group of friends. Oh my gosh, I'm like, <laughs> we're so giddy about it. Like every time we talk about it, it's like we just start giggling. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for it. <laughs> so you know, I'm the same uh, way. I'm so excited about Star Wars. Star Wars for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Rogue One. How could you not know that, right? Know that. There are people. There that. are people in the world that yep. don't know how to love and they don't know what Star Wars is. Yeah, so um, I'm excited for it. Can't wait yeah, to see too. it and continue along in the Star Wars uh, uh, universe. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give my critique of it right now since this is airing afterwards. Um, this was an incredible movie with lots of great <laughs> character development and plot uh, development for the Star Wars franchise, and I highly recommend it. The yes. end. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. It was a great time. Um, oh, for a you. long time, I had—I think I told you this. I had you on my list. Like, I gotta—I gotta get this guy to come on. And I had Brandon Rowe. Dash. Not sure what we should talk about, but it would be fun. 
Yes. <laughs> and finally, I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just find something to talk about. So yes. I think this is really great. I think churches and and ministers who maybe aren't as technical can really benefit from learning. Like, okay, what are we looking at when we're asking for all this stuff? And yes. I think that's really great. So thank you awesome. so much for coming on the podcast, man. Well, thank you. Well, I will say you get the award for being my first podcast interview. So all right. Awesome. <laughs> uh, you can you can mail that trophy um, to me here in Dallas. That'd be that'd be sweet. I'll give you the address later. I'll get right on that. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. This has been the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, um, and I will talk with you guys later. See you.